It's 12 and Up, the wilderness episode, part two, with your host, Jonathan Malone, and guest host, this list, this list of things I need to do, this list of things that I need to do and need to gather, this list that continues to plague me and mock me and make my life a living hell. Thanks, list. 12 Enough is a podcast of Christian faith and culture in the modern age. Your host, Jonathan Malone, is the pastor of the First Baptist Church of East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Your guest host is a list. It has no past. It has no future. It doesn't belong to anything or anyone except for my own psychosis that I continue to wrestle with and continue to struggle with the fact that I make lists and feel like I need to complete them. And we're back. Well, we're having another one of these special episodes. I hope you enjoyed the first one. I, if you didn't, let me know. Seriously, let me know because I don't need to keep doing these. I, I enjoyed recording it. Um, but I'm continuing now with my uh, retelling and reflections from my wilderness experiences from my sabbatical a couple years ago. And um, so this is the part two. And part two is titled... Uh, preparation. It was a one-day trip. If I'm, I'm having each experience as trips, uh, and uh, so one-day trip preparation. So uh, I'm not going to say any more. I'm going to be reading it. I hope you enjoy it. And here it is, the second part of my reflections from my wilderness journeys. Day one, getting everything together. It is nine o'clock at night. I am leaving in the morning as early as possible, and I am standing over the piles of everything that I'm supposed to take with me on my next trip. It could be my first trip or my tenth trip. I constantly find myself in the same place the night before I'm going, standing in my living room, surveying the piles of clothing and food and gear, and feeling the anxiety rise in my chest. It is a mess, a mixing of things before me, making it that much more difficult to organize my thoughts and calm my mind. Clothing falls over into the maps, the tent and the sleeping bags keep rolling over to the food, and the food is a constant nagging reminder that if I do not get everything exactly right, then I will be carrying more than I need or will not be carrying enough, and either way, my trip is sure to be a failure. Staring at the swirl of piles on the floor in front of me, I feel my heart rate increasing. I feel the stress weigh on my shoulders more than any pack can, and I wonder how I'm ever going to be ready to go. I like to make lists. I like to have charts and to be organized, but no matter how much I go over a packing list that I've put together, no matter how much I hold to a routine to make sure I have everything that I might need, every time, the night before, I find myself in this place of panic wondering if I will be ready to go. Part of the anxiety may be because there is a much smaller margin for error when going into the wilderness. It's not like there is a gas station or department store or anything else for that matter where I could purchase anything that I might have forgotten. It's just not practical to run the five miles back to the car if I realize I have left something behind. 
I have worked carefully to make sure that for the most part, I'm only going to be carrying what I need and that those things that I need are actually needs and not wants. There are only a few luxury items. Everything else is essential. So to forget something will be noticeable and will have an impact. This is why looking at all the stuff on the floor, the knife and the compass and the headlamp and everything else brings about anxiety. I have to make sure that I am prepared and at the same time, I will never be sure that I am fully prepared. There are a couple of truths that I hold to when preparing my gear for each trip. Mind the ounces and the pounds take care of themselves. Pack to keep things dry. You can never have too much toilet paper. Mind the ounces. In other words, make sure the pack isn't too heavy and be very particular, very fastidious about the whole thing. A well-meaning family member bought me a utensil set, fork, knife, and spoon. It was bright, shiny, metallic, and heavy. Now put things in perspective. This set itself is just three utensils. Combined, it's less than a pound in total weight, and it was a very nice gift for someone to think of me and to go out of their way to get me something practical and useful. Up to this point, I have been hiking with just one utensil, a plastic spoon. And I should be thrilled to have something that's a little more civilized, but did not take up too much weight and look shiny and flashy. Yet what if I filled my pack with those utensils? What if that was all I carried? Those extra ounces would add up quickly. Add to that, add that to the extra ounces found on the heavier sleeping bag, the extra ounces found on the full-size cotton towel, the extra ounces on the large tarp and poles, the extra ounces with the battery-powered lantern, and extra ounces with the camp chair, and it's not long before my pack weighs 80 to 90 pounds. I am not a large individual, so an 80 to 90 pound pack is more than I really can handle. I am not an ultra-light hiker, but I believe there isn't an appropriate weight. Mind the ounces, and the pounds will take care of themselves. I smiled graciously, put the utensils in storage, and kept to my trusty plastic spoon. Pack to keep things dry. It is going to rain. This is a truth we can hold to, that at some time it is going to rain. In the wilderness, when it starts to rain, you just keep hiking, and you will get wet. So when packing, everything goes in plastic bags, and then in garbage bags, and then in the pack. The sleeping bag and tent have separate garbage bags to ensure that they will stay dry even in the strongest rain. And if it doesn't rain, there are streams to cross and there is always a possibility that one might fall into the stream. You want your gear to stay dry. You can never have enough toilet paper. One would think that this speaks for itself, but when you have a moment in the wilderness and you realize that you are out and all you have are ferns and what you hope and pray is not poison ivy or poison oak, then you understand what it means to say you can never have enough toilet paper. These mantras continue to echo and nag in my mind as I prepare to leave for my first trip. I haven't been in the wilderness for almost a year and I am excited and anxious to start this journey. As the time draws closer, I wonder if I have prepped for the trip as best as I can. I wonder if all my work will be enough when I begin to climb up the mountain or if I'll have a realization that I did not pack enough toilet paper and shout out that I've made a terrible mistake. Am I prepared? I worry that I may not have enough or too much for the trip. I have just enough clothes for two days and I will be gone for at least four. I know I am going to smell, but hopefully the smell will not be so awful that it will offend myself. I hope I have enough food because I don't want to be hungry while I'm in the wilderness and I don't feel comfortable foraging for berries. 
On the other hand, I hope that I do not have too much food or too much clothing because I do not want to be weighed down with extra things that I do not need. I'm not carrying any books or a Bible or anything to distract me from the moments of sitting and doing nothing, and I'm worried that I will get bored. On the other hand, if I do carry some or any of these things, I again may have more weight than I want to carry. I am carrying just enough pre-written prayers to be read at the summits that I intend on climbing for this trip and not any more. I have notes of encouragement from the congregation, but nothing more to pass the time. I have some redundancies with batteries and flashlights, matches and lighters, but not much else because I really do worry about the weight. My luxury items are a candle lantern and a deck of playing cards. All these things are scattered on the floor in a very chaotic fashion, reflecting the state of my current thoughts. And before I pick up anything to start packing, I wonder, do I have too much or not enough? What about the unforeseen encounter I have not yet prepared for? What challenge have I not thought about? Am I ready? I'm anxious. My wife notices that I am pacing, stuck in a paralysis of indecision of preparation, and asks if there anything she can do to help. My six-year-old niece starts looking at all the gear that I have on the floor and asks what each thing is for. I am glad for the distraction and more than happy to answer all of her questions. I'll even set up the tent for her so she can see what I'll be sleeping in and so I can put off packing for a few more minutes. I am anxious. Uh, By nature, I'm an anxious person. I'm not overly anxious. I'm never paralyzed in my worries and fears, but I get anxious. I try to get to the airport two hours before the flight is scheduled to leave. My wife no longer suggests that I'm being overly cautious. She no longer suggests that perhaps I relax a bit, but instead, when I'm heading out the door more than two hours before the scheduled flight will leave, she gently rolls her eyes, gives me a kiss, and says goodbye. I'm not overly anxious. I just want to be sure that everything's going to be fine. At least this is what I tell myself. My children have come to accept that when the fuel gauge for the car is below one quarter of a tank, I will start looking for a place where I can pull over and refill. Until I find that refueling station, I will halt all other conversation, ignore the cries of children, and focus on getting more casts in the car. I get anxious and like to know for sure that everything is going to be okay. And here I am, looking over my gear for my first trip of this journey, for my first entrance into the wilderness, thinking about everything that could go wrong, everything that I could be forgetting, and I am getting anxious. My anxiety is at times overwhelming, mixing with excitement and the appropriate amount of fear, but no trembling, and at other times, a dull, quiet nagging, not letting me go. There is an appropriate amount of fear that one should have when going into the wilderness, but my hope is that fear will be overshadowed by excitement. I should be afraid of falling, of being eaten by a bear, attacked by a roving band of chipmunks, or any other unthinkable thing happening. This kind of fear is not something that you can allow to shape and control the preparation and the trip, It is more of an awareness than a fear of what is possible, even if it's not probable. The fear that I wrestle with and hold as I get ready for this first trip is if I am ready. I am worried that I am not prepared mentally with my gear, with my sense of self, or physically. I'm afraid that I will start hiking and find that I do not have the stamina or the strength to make it to the base camp. For the past month, I have been taking on various Hikes in Rhode Island every day in hopes that such training will help help me to prepare. I have tackled the best that the coastal non-mountainous state has to offer, but wonder if it will be enough. I have been running and biking to prepare physically, but will it be enough? 
I really do not think that there will be a moment when I clutch my legs in pain and crumple to the ground, but I still worry. Am I ready? Am I prepared? My anxiety goes beyond me. I worry for the church that I will be walking away from for three months. Part of me is excited for the break, but what if something goes wrong? I've been a senior pastor of this congregation for eight years, guiding and helping the people of the congregation. I've been there for many funerals and weddings. I've walked with them through difficult decisions and joyous ones. And while I am not leaving the church for good, I will be gone for three months, and a lot can happen in that time. There is little to no cell phone service in the mountains, and it will take a while for the messenger birds to find me. The leadership of the congregation tells me that they will be fine, that this is important for me to do. And they want me to have this time. I need to do this, I am told. But the questions are in my head. What if someone gets sick or dies? What if this preacher for Sunday does not show up? What if there is not just the right prayer in just the right place? I've tried to offer as much as I could for the worship services that I'll be gone. I've tried to prepare the staff and the leadership, but I cannot plan for everything, and I cannot quickly run back from the wilderness and cover for any mistakes or difficulties that the congregation is facing. I will not even hear about the difficulties and the challenges. I ask myself if the congregation is ready and prepared, but it again is really about me. Can I step away from the church for three months and trust that everything will be okay? I don't even know how someone prepares for something like that. I worry about my family. My wife and boys are still living the fullness of their lives, are still immersed in the depth of the hustle and bustle that our society requires, and I will not be around to assist in the chaos management. There will be gymnastics, music lessons, after-school events, social events, camp, and all of the other things that children are supposed to be involved in, and the family taxi service will be reduced by half with my absence. And then there are those things that I do around the house that I feel are an important part of my presence. If a pipe leaks, I'm the one who looks at it, who grunts for about two hours, hits it with a wrench, curses a bit, curses some more, and then calls the plumber. Who will do that when I'm gone? I try to make sure all the bills are paid, the lawn is mowed, and everything else that I do is set and wonder if my family is ready and prepared. But I realize that it is, again, really a question for me. Am I ready? And prepared. On the final evening before my first trip, as I look at all the gear strewn across the living room floor, these worries continue to echo in my mind. They plague and bother me. They will not leave me alone, and I find that it's getting more difficult to breathe. I'm not relaxed. I'm not feeling ready as I try to figure out how I'm going to get all my gear to fit into this not-so-large pack to carry on my back. I am not feeling ready as I think about everything that I tried to hold and manage and worry about. Will I be fine? Preparation is an important part of my anxiety management. If I am prepared, if I have anticipated every scenario, every contingency, and for everything that could possibly happen, then I don't have to be anxious. The problem is that such an effort and desire to be prepared is light years away from reality. But I will still try. I have checked, purchased, and become familiar with all of my gear again and again just to be sure that there will not be a moment when I'm in the woods and I cannot figure out how to get work my stove. I've gone over the trails that I will hike and the mountains that I look forward to climbing again and again, reading the trail book over and over and over. 
I can only imagine that I am not a very interesting person to talk to because all I can talk about is the new gear that I purchased, the mountains that I'm looking forward to climb, or the food that I am preparing for the hike. The totality of my consciousness seems to be focused on preparation for my hike, and in my zeal to prepare, I'm just slightly two or three ticks above crazy. By this point, my wife and children are well past the fear that they will miss me and now are fully in the place where they cannot wait for me to go. I have planned out the trip. I have all the food and gear ready to go, and I finally feel like I'm ready to start packing. And then my hiking partner for this journey, Still Waters, calls and asks to change the plans. And I have to adjust. I have to change my food, my supplies, and my preparation, but I can do it. We're going to be okay. And then Still Waters calls again and asks to change the plans again because the mountains seem a little further apart than he realized. And then he tries to change the plans one more time. It is supposed to be raining, and perhaps we can postpone the first trip a day or two. At this time, I say, no, we just need to go. He is anxious as well. He is worried about what he might encounter. And there is something comforting about finding someone else who is anxious about the whole adventure. Stillwaters is wondering if he's going to be prepared, and his anxiety helps me put my own in context. I realize that we can only prepare for so much. I realize that my own anxiety needs to step back and that it is time to jump into the journey. I look back at the mess, the piles of gear and food and clothes around my pack. I take a deep breath and begin. Trip Summary All of this anxiety and excitement is surface. I will be okay. I have checked enough to know that I will have everything I will absolutely need, and if I forget anything, it will be minor. I need to realize that no matter how much I prepare, I will struggle and hurt. I also have to trust that I will have fun and celebrate. I'm going to be okay. I found that I have a ritual with every hike. Every time I start my journey, every time I start down a trail with the pack on my back, I have a moment of panic and fear that I might have forgotten something. Maybe I didn't pack the water filter. Maybe I forgot to grab the maps. Did I remember to put my sleeping bag in my pack? These thoughts plague me with each and every trip without fail. And without fail, I have to stop, take off my pack, reassure myself that I did indeed grab the water filter, sleeping pads, maps, and anything else that my worried mind has focused on. The stopping and checking becomes a part of the ritual. And I've come to expect that this is going to happen. No matter how much I prepare, how careful I am, I always stress out that I missed something, forgot something, and that the trip is going to be a disaster. This is something I have come to accept as part of the preparation process, and no matter how prepared I try to be, I know I am going to go through this ritual. It is a surface way in which my anxiety emerges. My anxiety goes deeper than just worrying about the basic supplies and basic preparation. My anxiety is connected with my faith. I am supposed to have a strong, exemplar faith that others look to and are supposed to desire. This is one of the things that I have to carry every day that I serve a church. I am supposed to show a faith that will support not just me, but others through their pain and travails of life. I am supposed to have a faith that looks to the harshness and bitterness of reality square in the eyes and says, I believe that we can be different and that things can be better. This is something that I am supposed to be carrying with me all the time. My faith is supposed to prepare me for whatever I might encounter in the world. Yet I've been feeling empty. 
I have been feeling distant and uncertain and afraid, and I don't know if I have much faith to carry or offer or rest upon. I don't know what kind of faith I should bring with me into the wilderness if I have any to carry at all. I have this opportunity to go into the wilderness and pray and listen and be with the divine. So the moments of religious awareness and connection better be good. I better bring something to offer and return with even more. And I'm anxious. Will I be able to listen to God? Will I have a mountaintop experience, one in which I am on the actual mountaintop, one in which I am surrounded by clouds, one in which I am experiencing the full wrath and power and glory of the divine, and I see the fullness of the glory of the Lord face to face? Do I even believe that God has a face? How do I prepare for something like that? Or will I have an experience in which I see the sun shining in just the right place, and am blessed with a revelation of knowledge and wisdom that will shape and change me in ways radical and profound. Do I even believe that such knowledge and wisdom exist? Maybe an animal will speak to me, or I will have a vision. As long as I have and experience something, and I come back with a faith that I will be able to continue to serve the church, then the journey and the time will be a success. But how does one prepare for such a revelation? What if I am the person at the base of the mountain watching someone else experience the glory, but still feeling distant from the Lord? What if I do not see any glory at all? Will I be able to be still and listen? Will I be able to hear, and does God have anything to say? What do I need to do to be sure that this experience is the greatest and most rewarding spiritually that I can make it? I can bring pre-written prayers. I can bring thoughts of encouragement from the congregation. But what else can I find that will help me achieve the faith that I believe I am supposed to have? What do I need to do to be sure that I can return to the church spiritually renewed, awakened, and celebrating a strengthened faith? I am anxious that I might not encounter God at all. I am ready. From St. Teresa of Avila, originally read on the top of Saddleback Mountain. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things pass. God does not change. Patience achieves everything. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. And from Thomas Merton, read on the second time on the top of Gray Mountain. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself, and the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, will I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone.
Well, and that is the second entry of my wilderness experiences. Trip one, frustrations, or sorry, trip one, preparations. I hope you enjoyed that. I imagine some of you may have been able to relate to various aspects of that anxiety. Um, I still am anxious. I still struggle and wrestle and, you know, it's something I continue to work with. We all do. If you want to leave a comment about this episode or any other episodes, uh, you can do that at 12enough at gmail.com. I read all of your comments. I appreciate all of them. You can go to Facebook and leave a comment there at 12enough slash, face, slash Facebook. Wait, at Facebook slash 12enough. Wow, I am really just messing it up today. Uh, go to the show, um, the show page. Uh, that's 12enough.com, and you can find the show notes for this show and other shows. Uh, and you can leave comments there as well. There's so many places and opportunities for you to leave comments. The place where it really makes a difference is on the iTunes site. Go to iTunes, like the show, rate the show, and leave a comment about the show. That really does help. That really helps in great ways with the ratings and just getting the word out. So again, let me know how you if you enjoy these special episodes about my wilderness experiences. Uh, And thank you very much for listening.